You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 3rd, episode 3151, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. That's right, we're back for another Monday, and we have a big show planned for you today. I te- we do? Yes, we do. What so, are we doing? So the post on April the 1st that I posted was not an April Fool's joke. As you all know, if you listen to Friday's show, Jennifer and I were at the Gothi Forest, and we took a couple of rides and drives through the woods and had an encounter that you will probably only have in Florida in the middle of the woods. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, Sarah Maslinier is here to tell us about her new children's book called Once Upon a Horse. And apparently somebody is there with you that's going to join us today. Yes, yes. We have a special auditor guest who is adopted horse and she's here hanging out. So get to talk to her. And I only have one mic and one headset. So I have to hand it over to to her and just sit back and oh, listen so to her I talk can ask trash her about me. Yep. <laughs> I Pretty love much. this. Yeah. <laughs> this good is times. gonna be good for me. <laughs> You're welcome. And the listener. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we only have two weeks left for you to register to win the WinTech saddle. So uh head on over to horseradionetwork.com, click on the WinTech banner at the top of the page. It's just free and easy. Just sign up and you have your chance to win a WinTech saddle. Believe it or not, next week already is equine affair so we'll be doing three special morning episodes even over a weekend for the first time in a long time we're going to be doing three special morning episodes with a whole bunch of guests from equine affair in ohio of course one of the largest trade shows in the country jamie won't be there though because she's going someplace fancy yes um better than columbus ohio but you know, barely. Okay, just barely. a little better uh, in Columbus, Ohio. But I've been getting a lot of messages asking if I'm going to Land Rover this year, and unfortunately, with work and expenses and all the things, I'm not going to go this year. I'm just going to sit at my computer and watch it and wish that I had gone and be kicking myself that. Yeah, it but didn't you'll go. see every jump on the cross country this way. I know, but I always see him anyway, because I walked the whole course, Glenn. Um, But anyway, yeah, yeah, Wednesday, I won't be here for about at least a week, because I'm going to, I'm going to Italy. Yay! Yeah. So, yeah, we feel bad for you. What part of Italy? Um, I'm going to go to Rome for three or four days, and then we're going to go to the island of Capri. Look it up. It looks pretty. Yeah. Yeah. We have to take a ferry there, Glenn. Yeah. And is, is this just the two of you, or is the uh, child coming along? Oh, the child's coming too. Yeah, you know, he actually he studied Rome um, and the in the kind of the Roman Empire this year in in school, oh, and that's so perfect. I'm so excited to show him all of the the places. Um, Chad and I actually got engaged there, so I'm taking back to where we got engaged and. It was pretty. It's it's a pretty cool place, and then to, to go down to the island would be really fun. Um, 
I'm I'm so excited. Like, I'm, I'm excited I'm for you and jealous too. <laughs> like I haven't packed yet. I don't know what to do. Jeez, Jennifer would have packed three months ago. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I've been shopping for this. Okay. And you actually went out and bought clothes. No, not clothes. I bought shoes. Oh. <laughs> I bought some travel things. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not clothes yet. <laughs> That'll be tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, back tomorrow night. <laughs> All right, let's do some daily winnies. Well, happy birthday to some of our auditors. Those are our terrific uh, supporters, Lily Harmon, Anne Carney, and Jennifer Wood, who is host of the EQ B2B podcast here on the Horse Radio Network. We also had a brand new auditor last week. We'd like to welcome Carrie Shropshire. Shropshire. That is a first for me. I've never seen the name Shropshire before. So welcome, Carrie. We're so glad you decided to join the group. Go look for HRN Auditors on Facebook and ask to join. And you too can join the fun. And you might be sitting in Jamie's home someday after adopting a horse, too. Yeah, you never know. You adopt a horse, you get to stay in the house. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I wouldn't here, make that a blanket statement. <laughs> I don't care. I'll take one for the team. Um, so I, I've, you know, I talked about the hay drama that I was having with the round bales that had the foxtail and I had a $500 vet visit and emergency vet clinic visit with Effie, my filly, and I had to pull all the hay out. And I've been like in talks with the hay seller to give me my money back and then to replenish the hay that with a new, a, di- a different seller, something uh, a lot better quality and all this. So um, that didn't go very well. And it resulted in me getting on the phone and, you know, I'm really nice. Cause I'm like, you can't, you're, you're not going to win any battles by being angry. Like by being like, you know, a Karen of like, epic proportions you're not gonna win any battle so i'm always like super nice but they took it too far and i lost it and within about 45 seconds i had all the money refunded in my venmo however i don't have any round bales and that's how i feed the horses here you got the here. money refunded but you have no hay but i have no hay <laughs> And they can't find any hay. And I've called everybody I, that sells hay and that'll so have it. So we have and burnt I, that hay bridge. That hay bridge that, is burned. That burn, That bridge is hay, br- <laughs> hay burned. It's gone. That bridge is gone. Um, and of course, they're just posting on Facebook. Well, look, we got all this new hay. And I'm like, suck it. But <laughs> I need two. Uh, I need one bale. I have one bale left. This is, sounds silly to talk about this, but like you're all horse people. I have one bale and I have two pastures. And I'm going to Italy. And oh, I, do, I don't know what to do. I can't pay my farm sitter to come out here like four times a day and throw scatter square bales in my field. I just can't do that. So what you do is you put the round bale out. They have the slow feed nets and they just eat when they want to eat. There's water when they want to eat. And then she brings them up once a day for grain and checks them all over and turns it back out. That's how it works. Well, I, I don't have any. I don't have any hay to do that. I've called everybody. So I made the phone call because hay is one of those things that we hoard as horse people. We become hoarders. It, it, we had a drought last year. It's, it's The hay is crazy expensive. It's a mess. So I called Larissa 
And she answers the phone and I said, hi, Larissa. And she's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> you're my best friend. And, and you as, will. <laughs> and as a best friend, your job is to help me when I'm in a bind. And if you can't help me, then you have to find someone to help me help me. Do you understand? And she's like, what? And I'm like, I need one. Just one of your precious horde of round bales. She has like 15 horses, right? And she's like, this phone is silent. And I know at this moment, she's she would have rather you were getting divorced than staying at her house. <laughs> she's calculating the level of friendship versus yes. giving up one round bale. And it took a minute. She, she says, Kyle is going to be so mad. We worked so hard to get those. But I'm like, I know. <laughs> You didn't have a vet bill because of, hey, I burned the bridge. I have no one else to help me. I need a bill. Hey, please, you're my best friend. That got her. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to pick up one more bill today. <laughs> so I have one bill for each passenger. So my daily when he goes out to Larissa, who I've guilted. and Boy, being able to cry on demand is a, is a talent, isn't it? No, Glenn, it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> and I... I've been with you too long. I'm not buying it. I can't cry on demand. I can only make it sound like I'm crying. But if you're staring at me, you'd be like, she's done crying like weirdo. It did sound like it, actually. (laughs) It doesn't work for So you got your round bail. The horses are not going to starve while you're over doing a luxury vacation in Rome. I mean, could there be a bigger equestrian first first No, that pretty much takes the cake. Oh, my God. I'm going to be in Italy. And I don't have a Takes the pasta in this case. That's true. Um, Yeah. So I want to punch myself in the face after hearing myself say that, just so you know. (laughs) I I need to to clip that out and use that again in the future. So we were over the weekend camping at Gothi Forest, which is 54,000 acres. I talked about it on Friday. And so this campground is right across the street from the trailhead that leads into like hundreds of miles of trails. And they're mostly sand and... uh, you know, they're just wide enough for my cart to fit through in the woods. And there's also some uh, some fire breaks that are actual, ro- you know, kind of roads for the trucks and the rangers to get through and stuff. So it's kind of nice for driving because you have you can go into the woods or you can go on the on the road parts that are more cleared off. And we ended up doing a little bit of both. We took them for a walk in the woods the first day. And then on Friday, we, we Jennifer rides uh, for new listeners. I drive my little hackney pony in a two-wheel cart. And then Jennifer rides uh, Nigel and seems to be about 10 feet taller than me because Nigel's like 16 two thoroughbred. So we head out and we had a lovely ride. It was beautiful on Friday. After the show, we did it. Uh, we went out. It was a little hot. It was almost 90, actually, all weekend. But so we head out and we go through the woods and we went three or four miles through the woods and then back. And it was great. I mean, it was fun. We had a good time. So the next morning, Saturday morning, I said, let's get up a little earlier when it's cooler. We're going to go out when it's a little cooler and not so hot. And it got to over 90 that day. Now, I I, I would love to insert questions here, but I feel like this is a story that you need to tell. So I'm just going to sit back and let you tell. Yeah, you can ask after. (laughs) So that morning, uh, we decided we're going to take the road path down and we're going to cut into the woods where it cuts in and we're going to take the narrow woods path back. 
So that because it's it's a little sandy and Scooter has to pull harder when we get into the deeper sand and he really does have to work to get the cart through the sand in places. So we take the the hard pack road down and it's about a mile a little over a mile down to where it cuts into the woods. Well, off in the distance, and it is hunting season, we saw the big hunting signs, off in the distance we see a couple of orange vests walking toward us. And way off in the distance, well, it takes a while, a mile later, we see them, and it's not hunters. It is just a couple of walkers, who I assume were from the campground, with their dog. What kind was it, Jennifer? A Malinois, which looks oh. like a lot like a German Shepherd, right? Yeah, they're like German Shepherds, like on steroids. So they're walking towards us, and Jennifer said, "Well, the cutoff into the woods is right before them, so we'll we'll just cut off into the woods." And I said, "I want to go first because I'd been sucking sand dust the entire time the day before, and with asthma, that's not great." So I said, "Let Scooter and I go ahead of you this time into the narrow trail in the woods." So we get in there, uh, turn in, and it's not too far. It's just a little spur where you make a left or a right. We can go on a further drive or we can head back home. We decided to go on the further drive. I make the left. Now, the hikers are hiking on the road right, pretty much right beside us. I make the left to go into the trail and Scooter stops dead in his tracks. And right there in front of us, any guesses? There were a lot of guesses. I, I was thinking alligator. I mean, it's Florida. Mm. Nope. It's a rare thing to see a black panther in Florida. Oh, my Florida. gosh. A he black panther? 10 feet in front of us. We scared him or her. I'm not sure which. We scared him or her because they were stalking the hikers, the walkers with the Get dog. out. That's the direction that the cat was facing was there. So when we came around this little corner... I never saw the face real clear because <laughs> the cat jumped. Scooter stopped dead. Uh, and, of course, my heart went through my chest because we're 10 feet away from a very large cat. By the way, this is the blackest animal I've ever seen. The blackest, shiniest animal I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It's just black beyond black. I've never seen a dog that color. Uh, you know, maybe a horse, but the, the, not something that small. It was just black. And, uh, of course, we startled it probably as much as it startled us, which surprises me because they're usually, you never see black panthers. They're around. Apparently, there's more than they admit. Uh, and so, it takes off into the woods, and Jennifer sees what's happening, sees the t back end heading into the woods, and c takes Nigel around Scooter to in front of us, to in front of us, and and Nigel stopped dead. He would not move. His every muscle in his body was tense. And I, I said to Jennifer, "Look, you know th this could go south pretty quick if that th if that thing hasn't left." And it's just watching us right now or stalking us right now. And I think that's what was happening. It had just stopped in the woods. It was pretty thick woods. Uh, and Nigel was not budging. And Nigel has a keen sense of anything going on in the woods around him. And I said, let's get turned around, which was not easy because the path is narrow. So I managed to get Scooter and the cart turned around. 47 point turn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I said, we're heading back now because I'm not going deeper in those woods right now. And neither were the horses. They were not heading that direction. Um, but I was impressed by a couple things. One, Scooter didn't turn and bolt into the woods and kill us both. He just stopped and got what I call all hackney. He got 
all hackney. He was totally on alert. Every muscle in his body was tense, and he was on alert, but he didn't back down. And I kind of think that it might have gone bad had the cat come towards us. Scooter has a habit, if something goes into his field, like a dog, of chasing it down and trying to stomp it to death. He does. He's very protective, like a, like a donkey is in this field. Now, there's food out there. I don't know what he would have done out in the wide open, but it, it probably wouldn't have been good, no matter what happened. Um... So we turn her head around, and Jennifer's like, I'll get behind you. I'm bigger. He's less likely to want to come after. I said, well, he's probably not going to want to come after something with a cart behind it either. You're trying to, like, figure <laughs> out the best way not to die. That's yes. So so, That's so weird. So we start walking back the trail, and Jennifer's keeping an eye uh, over her shoulder. Nigel did not come down from his adrenaline high for, what, about 15 minutes? He was tense for about 15 minutes, and then he finally relaxed. So we're not sure if the thing was just keeping up with us, make sure we were leaving, or what was going on. Uh, but that was a rare—then, another bizarre thing. <laughs> Welcome to Florida. We come out of the tra- into the trailhead, and there's this guy sitting over in one of the pavilions at the trailhead. We have very nice trailheads. And there's something on his arm, and I thought it was a cat at first. We get a little bit closer, and he says, oh, don't come any closer. My owl doesn't like horses. He's sitting there with this huge owl on his arm. And why wouldn't he be? I mean, where else are you going to sit with <laughs> your owl? He comes there every day with his owl, we found out. Uh, and we told him what was going on. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, there's there's Black Panthers here, more than they admit, because apparently he said, I don't know if this is true. He said, if they really admit how many Black Panthers are here, the government will stop funding some of the some of the forests. I don't know why they would do that. Maybe because of natural habitat. I don't know. Maybe species. safety of people that are walking <laughs> around in the woods. But I feel like they should be let known. You may actually come ten feet from a. So when you you're ten feet from it, is it is it big? Was it like well, bobcat take, size or was it like tiger take size? Take that large dog that they had, you know, which was probably a little bigger than a German Shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. It was a little taller than that, but thick, just thick. Everything is thick. I mean, not to be whatever, but like if if uh, it was between a Black Panther and a Belgian Malinois. Be a close fight. It would. Yeah. <laughs> we figured he probably wasn't looking at attacking them, uh, but he was making sure they left the area. You know, he was just making sure his territory was guarded. That's the only mm-hmm. reason we could sneak up on a Black Panther, because <laughs> the cart makes all kinds of noise. You know, it's not like the horses are quiet. Uh, but yeah, we definitely scared that thing. It scared us too. My, I looked up, I had my watch on. I had my smartwatch on, and my pulse was 125 immediately after that. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> no, it's interesting, the thoroughbred thing. I was just talking about this because I was riding um, one of the thoroughbreds yesterday, and something got him. We were so windy, and we had, like, a, you know, severe thunderstorms and hail on the way. But I was like, I got to finish riding. And uh, he spooked. And, and there's something that happens with the thoroughbred. And I think it's because their bodies are designed to have a burst of adrenaline, right? But it, it just seems like once a thoroughbred gets like like your horse did, you know, like Nigel did, it, it's like you might as well just put him back in the barn and come back in a half an hour because their adrenaline, I think they're they're probably physically have adrenaline burst for longer because they need that adrenaline longer. So it's harder to bring them down as opposed to like, <gasps> okay. Adrenaline burst. Yeah, you're right, because he was pumped up much longer than the pony was. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's like a function of design. Like, they're supposed to have a long adrenaline burst so they can run the entire race, you know, kind of thing. I I mean, that's not scientific. It's just what I've 
noticed about thoroughbreds that are a little bit different. And I think that's why they're so challenging for so many people because you just, you have to understand like, you know what? It's going to take a minute. Cause that, when I rode that horse yesterday with a bicyclist and the wind and the hail was coming and he just lost it. And I was like, you know what, buddy? Just gonna put you back. Yeah, that, that was there, way sensory overload. <laughs> there's just no amount of riding this, riding through this. It's gonna get any better until you let that adrenaline leave the body. And like your horse, he didn't have a choice. No. He couldn't go back to the barn. So you might as well just figure it out, buddy. You got about two more miles to go. Yeah, we're not gonna hang around in the woods with the uh, Black Panther and wait it out. Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting because we did talk to a couple of the people that were at the at the campground. Oh, by the way, that was interesting, too, which I will not go into. Um, but, the, you know, they had heard stories, but nobody's ever seen one. And I, the only reason we saw I got to say, you've been through my challenges with Scooter in the past with him bolting and, you know, especially in the woods. That's been his you problem. You know what is uh, with, with Scooter is he's afraid of leaves, but he's not afraid of a Black Panther. What is wrong with I don't that know. Pony? I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, th- this could have gone way wrong. He could have t- tried to turn and bolt, and we were really tight in the woods. If he'd have went in the woods, I'd have just, the cart would have got hung up on a tree, and we'd have been <laughs> in big trouble. Bye, uh, Dad! <laughs> Bye! It would have been bad. I mean, but he didn't. He didn't. I was so impressed with him. And maturity, you know what? You can do all the training and everything you want in the world, but maturity does a lot for a horse, too. You know, he, they're both just much more mature than they were. You know, they're both 12, what, 14 years old now, and that maturity says a lot. It says a lot in people and horses, you know, or dogs or whatever. You know, what's but, that like? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We were very proud of our ponies over the weekend. And uh, well, no, I did not get my camera out and take a picture. It all happened pretty fast. And I had a couple of reins in my hand that I was, was expecting to go tight at any didn't moment. Didn't happen <laughs> if there's not pegs. Yeah. Yep, I know. Well, you can talk to Scooter about it. He'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, time for Glenn's short horsey headlines. Short, mostly because he has the attention span of his hackney pony. All right, our my Monday short stories include the World Cup finals are in Omaha, Nebraska, taking place starting tomorrow through the weekend. And of course, you're going to have dressage, jumping, and vaulting. This is like the best of the best from around the world come in for these events. Uh, and so there'll be also exhibitions. There's going to be clinics and activities and uh, apparently an expansive expo center for shopping. So if you're in near Omaha or can get to Omaha, that's going on. You can watch the World Cup. You can watch all the jumping and dressage and vaulting at clipmyhorse.tv starting on the 5th. So check that out. Uh, it's very exciting that it's here. It's only here every once in a while. It's overseas mostly. So they all have to fly to us this time. I mean, and of all places, Nebraska. That's so crazy. Apparently that facility is quite large. and qu- Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's apparently pretty neat. A couple of weeks ago, remember I was in Wellington and I told you about Jonathan Miller. Uh, he was uh, sitting beside us at the event we went to in, Willing- or in Wellington, and then the next day he was hurt and in serious condition in the hospital. Well, we have an update on Jonathan. He's the son of Canadian national coach Ian Miller, and apparently he was involved in a car accident on the grounds of the Wellington International 
I don't know anything more than that. I don't know if he was riding, got hit by a car. I don't know. Um, we we didn't even know about the car accident part before. But he was hospitalized, and that was on March the 12th. He's still in the hospital. Um, and uh, they did surgery on his brain. He, uh, he did have uh, bleeding in the brain and swelling, so they did surgery. And they've kept him in an artificial coma uh, at the beginning of his recovery. Apparently that he's waking up now and he's breathing on his own again, and he's showing signs of consciousness and facial expressions, which they were very happy about. The family posted that they were very happy that there seems to be some progression going on. So we want to wish Jonathan and his family uh, all the courage and strength for his recovery, and I wanted to give everybody an update on that. I have another update, too, switching gears and heading to England. You know, people have been wondering what's going to happen with the Queen's racing business and her racehorses, because she was really into racehorses. Well, apparently, uh, Queen Consort Camilla let it be known when she was speaking to a group of uh, school children over the weekend that she was she was a rider and used to ride all the time, but she said because of age, she can't ride anymore. She's 75 or 76, I think. But apparently, she's taken over the Queen's racing operation. She's the one doing the day-to-day running of the Queen's stables. Apparently, Charles is not interested. He doesn't care about racing. But she's running the stables and watching the foals be born. She, she was quoted in saying, I think I'm too old, but I have racehorses. Last night, I watched on my screen one of the foals being born, which was very exciting. So she's the one running the, the racing operation for the royal family. Cool. And then, you, Camilla. Yeah. So, and then, you know... It was always assumed that the Native Americans got horses from the Spanish, right? That the Europeans came over here, and the Europeans and the Spanish and whoever came over uh, brought horses, and that's how the Native Americans ended up with horses. Well, there's a new study out that's showing that they, from what they've been able to determine, they had horses before the European colonists uh, said they did, and that they have a deep roots among the native peoples themselves with horses. So they're thinking that there might have been horses here before, actually, the, the Europeans brought them over here, and even decades before. I so like cave drawings of horses here? Yeah, like- see, that's that's the thing that always I always wondered about is, is you know, why, why do, did we just assume that did you know, did the Europeans say that, hey, they don't have horses the and we brought them we horses? We all the things. Yeah. We taught all those people I know. how to do all the things. I know. I'm it's telling a, you. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting report you can look up on that. but uh, And it was in Scientific America, one of those. So I, I think it's fairly reputable. But uh, that's my short and news stories for the day. I know a lot of people will be watching some dressage and jumping this weekend. It seems like ClipMyHorse.tv is the one that has everything now. It's become That's the station. a really weird name. I've yeah, it does I've never all, heard of it until recently. Yeah, it does a lot of the FEI stuff, and you know, it, but there's a million programs on there too. But why is it called Clip My Horse? I don't know. I think we had them on the show. I have to look this up. I think that we had them on this show when they started years ago. Well, it's time up. to get them back on because I have more <laughs> questions. The World Equestrian Center has a lot of horse events, as you know, a lot of non-horse events as well. One of the non-horse events coming up at the World Equestrian Center this week is the Special Olympics. The Florida State Champ- uh, Equestrian Championships are, for Special Olympics are happening on the 7th and 8th this weekend. So that's uh, kind of cool. And that's going to be happening at the World Equestrian Center. Also, the latest episode of the World Equestrian Center magazine is out. And 
And I love the cover. It's this picture of a big driving horse in harness, and he's looking down at one of the gentle carousel miniature horses. It's the best cover ever. And of course, we've had gentle gentle carousel on the show many times over the years. They're a therapy group that uses minis and very active. They've been on TV all over the place, and they live right up the street here, actually, in Gainesville. So it was a cool cover. There's a lot of interesting articles in there. It's free to read. We'll post a link to it in our show notes. It's the World Equestrian Center magazine. Check it out. And it's the one on the cover with the driving horse and the cute little mini. I think I met that mini, actually, that's in that picture. You can find out all the details for everything we talk about World World Equestrian Center at worldequestriancenter.com. Well, coming to us from the streets of New York City, literally, uh, Sarah Maslin-Near has been a guest on the show a number of times in the past. She's an author, horsewoman, and Pulitzer-nominated reporter from the New York Times. We had her on before about her book, Horse Crazy, and now we have her on for a couple of reasons. One is to talk about her new book. It's a children's book series that she's put together. Also, she just got back from a safari, and all of us dream about going on safari, so we'll talk about that, too. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me. I tried to find a quiet place in my strange, horsey hometown of New York City and failed. So if you hear some squeaking or anything. You're on your own kind of safari. It's kind of different in New York City, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So so why children's books? Tell us about it. You know, I had never set out to write children's books. I wrote Horse Crazy, which was born, as you noted, I'm a reporter for the New York Times. So everywhere I went reporting for the Times, I sort of snuck off and found the horses. And that became Finding the Horse Crazies, just like uh, us three. And that became my first book. And then I was approached by a publisher who said, have you ever thought of writing a children's book? And the answer was no. And then I realized children's horse books are what shaped me as a writer and a rider. Misty of Chincoteague, Black Beauty, The Black Stallion. I mean, they were just seminal to my identity uh, and, and my reading library. And of course, children's horse books are in my soul, and I imagine every horse person's soul. So tell us about this series. It starts with one. It's called The Flying Horse. Yes. So the series is called Once Upon a Horse. Book one just came out, The Flying Horse. It's about a girl named Sarah, and uh, listeners will note my name is Sarah. (laughs) And it's about a horse named Trendsetter, and that's the name of my horse. Spoiler alert, it's about me. (laughs) um, (laughs) my childhood um, really struggling uh, in school Um, the character of Sarah in the book has uh, dyslexia I struggled with processing uh, uh, issues not as severe as she has and she really fails all along the way sorry that was my alarm to speak to you (laughs) should I start that over? (laughs) no we can keep going so (laughs) so this really is about you and isn't it interesting how you overcome the challenges you had personally to become like a Pulitzer-nominated author. I know. I, and, uh, you know, I got a C in English uh, junior year. The same day I found out I got a perfect score on the English SAT. And I remember listening to that score and realizing I wasn't being graded on whether or not I knew English. I was being graded on whether I could conform, whether I could line up, whether I could toe the line. And I couldn't. I couldn't. And um, that was really a both liberating and devastating moment for me. And in my book, uh, the character of Sarah, she is understood by the people around her. The only person who gives her a hard time is herself. And and that wasn't the case for me. But people are going to wonder, where's the horse in this? So parallel to Sarah's life, 
a young horse named Trendsetter, is making his way through the way stations of equestrian history, the Spanish Hofreiten School, uh, a, a three-day curring uh, for stallions in the KWPN, getting into the stud book. Um, and he's failing all along the way, too. And these two incredibly talented creatures have these parallel journeys of just not being able to get it right. And in the end, they realize it wasn't important to be great at anything. It was important that they were good, capital G good. And they've always been a good horse and a good girl. And that's what matters. And Glenn, as a lesson, I didn't get myself uh, that I was enough. And I hope readers get that from this book. And, you know, I can see how you could make this into a series. Is this, do you have it planned that the series is going to be her adventures? Is it always going to be Sarah? Oh, it's a series, but it is not always Sarah's adventures. So as a reporter, I love fact, right? And so it's really hard for me to write fiction because my job and my passion is like digging into the world and figuring out what it's all about. So all of the future books are true stories from equestrian history, uh, given a sort of fictionalized narrative. So the second book comes out in the fall, and that is about Cheryl White. She was the first ever female black jockey to ride in America. She did this amazing feat in 1971 when she was 17 years old. And I wrote it with her brother, Raymond, and it is just the most spectacular story. And I'd love to reveal something for your listeners. Are you bracing yourself? Uh, yeah, back? I love this. It's going to have a briar, which is every horse girl's dream to have a model horse made out of something that she <laughs> created. So there's going to be you a Cheryl it. White. That's amazing. <laughs> Yay. When I was 11 years old, I was like, I'm going to have a briar one day. <laughs> <laughs> you do. That's amazing. Turns out. I mean, so that's winning right there in life. It's so cool. So there's going to be a Cheryl, a Cheryl White briar comm- commemorating her uh, and her horse, Jetalera, and it's going to come with the book. And it's actually the first real black equestrian briars made in its 75-year history. So I'm just so excited about that. Do you know what that book sounds like? And and that, just that kind of idea of that series. And um, mm. it's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world is Walter Farley as an author, uh, you know, where he did uh, the Man of War book and, and things like that, where he kind of like filled in the gaps and made it a readable story that mm-hmm. younger people could enjoy. But but mm. still like kind of the whole outline was the same. You know what I mean? So that sounds well, really awesome. You can compare me to Walter Farley all day long. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Anna Sewell and Walter Farley mixed in one. (laughs) Combined. (laughs) Except they didn't didn't have a briar. So there's that. Um, You know what? Walter Farley did have a briar. Did he? Thank you very much. Of course. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yes. So I am also seeing that this isn't doing too bad on Amazon. Number one new release in children's books. So, Aww, congratulations exciting. on that. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> That's nice to wake up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of used yeah. to your your articles being in like the number one newspaper and things, but it has to be really cool <laughs> to see uh, your first really non factual, hard hitting story that also mm. gets some attention. Well, it's so interesting. I kept the fact that I was a horse girl a total secret for a very long time uh, from my professional life because I was worried, you know, I cover very tough stuff for the New York Times, um, you know, from crime to uh, corruption. uh, And, you know, I also ended up writing uh, the expose that resulted in the lifetime ban of George Morris from equestrian sports. So I was very concerned that if I revealed so much of my 
life was consumed with fluffy ponies, I wouldn't be taken seriously. And I had a really great talk uh, with a full right. And I had a really great talk with a friend of mine. And he said to me, Sarah, is it true? Is your passion true? I said, absolutely. It's the truest thing about me. And he said, well, that's all readers want to know. They only want to read something true, no matter what it is. And that sort of unleashed this horsey, horsey book writing. And now I have, um, you know, four, possibly five coming out and it's nuts. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, you know, Thank I've only you. known you for a few years, but in the few years I've known you, I know how driven you are. So, um, I, see, I see your name everywhere yeah. in every article, <laughs> really? in every what? publication. Yes, I see it all the time. And I'm like, I know oh her. My yeah, gosh. we knew her when. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, you guys, this is a very exciting interview. Oh, well. <laughs> Let me bring you down a little bit yeah. because <laughs> okay, good, I have now noticed that, yes, Walter Farley had a briar, but so. So did Anna Suell. She had Black Beauty uh, and the Black Sound Your Briar. So you're just in better company now. You're not like, you know, like Glenn said. <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, Marguerite Henry wrote, uh, I think it's 49. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Marguerite Henry wrote 49 books, horse books. And okay. I'm only on, you know, four. So I'm just like, slacker. You know, lame, slacker. Frankly. Yeah. Frankly, I mean, yeah, and up. she's had a lot of Briar horses, too. So yeah, you got a ways to go. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me back to Planet Earth. Put yeah. On the well, we we want welcome. you to be able to get, be able to walk <laughs> through the city of New York, uh, you know, and get through it safely. So, Sarah, you also just, I saw on your Facebook page that uh, you just got back from Safari. Where was that? Yes, I turned 40 years old, and I decided uh, that was worth celebrating in South Africa. And I went with uh, eight of my friends. I've lived all over the world for the New York Times, and so I have many people and creatures uh, that I don't get to see very much in different far-flung locales. And they all showed up uh, in uh, Kruger National Park, and we went on safari. It wasn't a horseback safari, but I did ride a horse for one of the days, and I was going down a path. And there was a man walking down the path, and he's like, oh, good morning. We're on the horses. Good morning. And he said, did you see the 40-foot python? <laughs> and we were like, no, we did not. And he was like, well, it was just behind you. And I don't know what the horses would have done had they seen a 40-foot python. But that's a greeting in South Africa. Good morning. Did you see the 40-foot python? 40 foot? <laughs> I'd have been out of there. I mean, I'd have been gone. I take down didn't even car. know they got to 40 foot. I mean, maybe it was pranking the New Yorkers out there in the bush, but... <laughs> it worked. <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I was just saying earlier in the show how uh, we were riding in the Gothi Forest here in Ocala and came across a Black Panther about 10 feet in front of us. Oh. So there, so wow. we both had our heart-wrenching experience. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, well, you know, I had pet pythons growing up as a kid because as much as I love animals, uh, horses, I'm indiscriminate. I actually love all animals equally. So there was a part of me that was like, can I go pet it? <laughs> that's the real crazy You're part. crazy, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wrote the book, Horse Crazy. It should just be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's your next book. Well, yeah. um, So, quick question. Yeah. Where in New York City do you get your horse fix? Or are you just kind of a slave to the sidewalks? Yeah, so I um, keep my horses in New Jersey about an hour away. Um, I have uh, four horses and a pony. I actually started a little business with them. It's a, sort of a riff on the title of the book, Once Upon a Horse. My business is called Once Upon a Pony. And I uh, buy and sell and import horses. Um, and 
in New York City, I'm actually on the board of a wonderful organization called Gallup NYC. It's a therapeutic riding stables, and it's in the five boroughs. It's actually in Queens. We have 45 horses. We do 500 riding lessons a week uh, when we're at full capacity for disabled children, adults, and New Yorkers. And actually, we're majority minority, which really doesn't exist in the horse world. Sorry. Um, uh, we're majority minority, which really doesn't exist in the horse world. And, you know, uh, Gallup is sort of trotting the trot uh, when everyone else is talking about it. And it's a, a really incredible organization um, for urban New Yorkers, believe it or not. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. How cool is that? That's the coolest thing you've said this whole time. (laughs) What an awesome thing. On on May 21st, we're actually doing a promenade through Central Park and we're uh, sponsoring riders to ride tall uh, through the greatest city in the world. And actually people can send themselves on the ride. So if people want to reach out to Gallup NYC on Instagram, Facebook, or at our website uh, and find out how they can send themselves on the ride, it's like a once in a lifetime experience. That's terrific. And Gallop in my sea. There you go. Yep. <laughs> well, Sarah, thanks for joining us today. We always love it when you come on the show, and you're welcome back, as you know, anytime. We're going to put a link to where they can buy your book on Amazon. Go out and get it today and uh, look for all of the future ones. We'll have you back on when the next one comes out. Oh, wow. You're so kind to me, and thank you for your wonderful support of the horse world. I love the show. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, both of you. Thanks. Cut there. Good job, Sarah. Thanks a bunch. I'm sorry for the noise. I hope you can cut out that beeping of my phone alarm telling me talk to Glenn. Actually, we hardly <laughs> even heard it, so yeah. I think we're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, great. No, I think Wonderful. we're good there. And I'll send you a link when it goes out. It'll be out in a couple hours. Oh, wow. Fast. Great. Thank you. And you're so supportive. It's really meaningful. I, I appreciate it a lot. All right. Thanks, I mean, Sarah. I was telling you for real, like, I see your name, but but again, I read a lot of horse-themed yeah. articles, you know, like pop culture stuff, that new stuff, and you're everywhere. I'm like, oh, gosh. well, I'm hustling hard, girl. It's a lot of effort. You yes, are hustling. Children's book. I'm, I'm like, please care. It's about a dyslexic girl. It'll make people's lives better. I should have told you yesterday. I had the most amazing book event. Um, this mother texted me after that her kid who's dyslexic said, um, you know, I, I never, I always doubted I'll be able to read. Now I know one day I will. It was like, oh, uh, that makes it all oh worthwhile. God. Forget money. That's what right, makes it exactly. worthwhile. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Well, thanks for being so charitable, and thanks for bringing representing that, and and uh, keep yeah. on keep on hustling, girl. You got this. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Level up your horse's performance this season with choices from from Purina Animal Nutrition, from Purina Ultium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between. Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Sport Amino Acid Supplement. Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. God, they have something for everything. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina, which is all backed by science. Level up your performance this season and put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed retailer today. And coming up next, we have one of our terrific auditors. It seems like auditor year. We've been having a lot of auditors on, and I love that because you know what? That's there. Without them, we wouldn't have a show. So, uh, without all of our listeners, but you have one sitting right there with you. I do. Let me hand. Remember, I can't talk in this unless I yell over her shoulder. Um, so it's going to be you and and Jen, and so we'll see. Uh, 
how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell your nerves right now. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Well, before we get to Jen, I wanted to mention for the auditors that we are going to do a post-show. We'll do a question first world problems in the post-show because we had this surprise entrance of Jen into our lives today. Jen, where are you from? What what state? Uh, I live in Arkansas in, nor- in the Northeast. Oh, you missed a wild weekend while in Oklahoma. <laughs> I did. The funny thing is that my husband, I was he knows I'm coming up here, of course, and he said, well, have fun in Oklahoma with the storms and the tornadoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Arkansas got clobbered. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are, is your place okay? Everything okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. It totally passed us. Okay, good. So why are you visiting Jamie in Oklahoma? Well, because I have a new pony now, and um, I bought him from, or adopted him from Horse and Hound, and then I asked her to put 30 days of training on him. And what was the, what's the new pony's name? Uh, his registered name is Beggar. I have renamed him Roheron, because I'm a huge nerd. It's from Lord of the Rings, and it means the steed of the lady. We have more geeks and nerds in our audience, I think, than I ever expected to. And I'm proud of that, by the way. <laughs> Very uh-huh. proud. So when so you bought this or adopted this horse sight unseen. I mean, you saw it in videos, but you didn't meet it. No, no, not at all. And was there a reason this one jumped out at you? Well, I, I I've been around horses long enough now that you don't buy horses because of the color. But when she first oh, posted no. videos of him, I was like, oh. He's black with a star, and that is my dream horse. Your inner teenager came out. <laughs> oh, yes. My inner 12-year-old has really come out to play. <laughs> is that really what did it? And then I'm sure you watched every video she did and looked at all the pictures a hundred times. Oh, I watched those videos probably every other day for a month. And I finally <laughs> said, because I kept thinking, I don't need a second horse. And then I was like... I'm just going to ask her about him (laughs) and see if she thinks he would be appropriate for me. She's like, oh, yeah, he would be perfect for you. And I was like, well, how can I say no to that? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think she tells everybody that or no? I I know she doesn't. I know she doesn't. Absolutely not. So now this is your second horse. Do you board or keep him at home? I board, board, which is part of the do I want to board two horses? That's always a bigger decision, I think, Um, because you know what? Keeping them home is expensive, but boarding is twice as expensive. So uh, it is always a harder decision. We'd probably have four right now if we were boarding, you know? I, oh, I right, that. right. So, all right, I have now, to give up some manicures or something, but you, it's it's okay. <laughs> first of all, God bless you. You had to stay a weekend with Jamie. But uh, how was meeting your <laughs> horse for the first time? Oh, it was such a thrill. Um, you know, she's like, let's go get him. So we got him out of the pasture. And immediately I was impressed that he has actually been pastured with Effie. So that told me a lot right there, that he is calm and gentle enough to be kept with this special little filly. Um, so we got him out, put him special in the Special with a capital ties. S. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, I think she's precious because, not just because of the money that, <laughs> that Jamie's put into her, but I don't know. She just seems special to me. Um, so, you know, got to groom him and he just about fell asleep in the cross ties while I was grooming him, which was really fun because I like to spend time grooming horses. I like to play it. I call it uh, playing Barbie dream horse. Um, and then we went and hand grazed for a while. And that was also impressive because at the back of the hay barn, there's plastic. And of course, like lining the back of it to keep, you know, the weather out. 
And it, it's, of course, windy, and it was flapping and flapping, and we walked by it, and he didn't even glance at it, and we stood around in the yard while he grazed with this thing flapping and cars going by, and he is just amazingly calm, and it is just a thrill to have such a quiet horse. And did you get to ride at all? Yes. Uh, we rode in the—we started in the round pen on Saturday— um, I wasn't able to trot very much because the stirrups on the saddle I was using were a little bit too long. I was bouncing too hard. <laughs> so <laughs> my saddle will be okay because, you know, I, I can I have a dressage saddle and I can, you know, pull the stirrups up to where I need them. Um, he's got a nice big trot. Um, I really enjoyed it. And so after the round pin, we went to the arena and rode around there for a little bit. Um, I was also impressed and really thrilled that while we were riding, Jamie went and fed the other horses some beet pulp and he knew the other horses were eating and he kept kind of drifting over in the direction of, (laughs) of the barn, but he took redirection really well. He didn't fuss about it. He didn't, you know, get upset or anything. And, um, by the end of the ride, he was listening to my seat and legs really well, like doing on the turns. And I was having to use very little rain pressure. So he is amazing. I am just so thrilled. Yay. I'm glad that worked out. I mean, uh, and also you're proving that maybe Jamie does know what she's talking about after all, after all these years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I have to tell you about the trail ride yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that could have gone wrong did (laughs) just about, uh, we were, walking past the pasture and Effie started galloped up to the fence. So we stopped to kind of wait it a little bit. And then she, we were, we continued on and she's galloping next to the fence, you know, running back and forth. And I could tell that Roheron wanted to, he really likes her, I think. And he wanted to kind of go play with her, but he really listened to very light aids and kept on going. Um, so then we kept on going and um, Lucas and his cousin were down there jumping on the trampoline. So Jamie had them stop, but it's still kids on a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't look at that. Uh, we went into the woods and he was totally fine the whole way there. And then we entered what I'm kind of a nervous rider. And so which is why I really needed a quiet horse. And we went into what I was like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Because A stopped, and I was like, well, what's going on? Because I wasn't really paying attention to him. And then I, he was looking at something, and then Roheron started looking at something. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's not a really big deal. And then we went around the corner. Can I tell on your neighbors a little bit? Yeah. They don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, like a big storage shed thing, and there was a whole bunch of stuff behind it. You know, it's like it's kind of like we all have that area of our home or our yard where we hide hide (laughs) stuff it was that we came around the corner and i can't remember exactly what it was but it the impression it left on me is a bunch of big metal square boxes like the size of like a washer or dryer and there was like maybe three or four in a row up against the back of the shed and then a couple of things that are big like a stacked washer and dryer and they were all blinding white (laughs) so we made our way very carefully through there and both horses are like eyeballing it like i don't know about this and we stopped and let them look at it and they were like 
well, okay, it's not going to eat me. So then we kept going and we made it through. And I was like, thank goodness, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was doing lots of deep breathing <laughs> through all of this. So we got past it and Jamie said, yeah, wow, I just, that wheelbarrow. And I was like, what wheelbarrow? <laughs> I didn't even see it. And she's like, yeah, and the tarp, they walked right over the tarp. I knew nothing about that either. I was so focused on all this big crap on the side. So it was great. And then um, he did so well, and I was so proud of him that I just, you know, got off uh, immediately after. Because I was going to go ride in the arena a little bit more, but I was like, nope. No, you take have the earned win. this reward. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I'm like, here you go. Take so the win. We, we're, we're, Jennifer and I are big raising. believers of quitting when you when and taking the win. You know, yes, let's not push absolutely. it to the point where you know we get a bad attitude. Let's take the win. Oh, absolutely! Leave on a positive. He was a rock star. Ah, now, congratulations! That's great. You got exactly what you wanted. I did. I did, and it's even the perfect color. Yeah, so <laughs> yes, and then the teenage <laughs> fantasy girl got what she wanted too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, congratulations! Now, now the real scoop. What was it like living with Jamie for a weekend? Well, I have to let everybody know she is really authentic. What you hear on the podcast is the real Don't deal. Tell people that. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> and this is the second time. We've met because I came to the intro class in October. Oh, okay. So you had met her at um, Monty's or yes. at her house. Yeah. Yes, at yeah. her house. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I knew her and then we've texted occasionally over the, the months. You know, not not a whole lot. We're not like besties, but <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe we are now. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to back you up. You know, you do get what you get with Jamie and, and I, mm -hmm. for that matter. You can't do a show like ours for 14 years and, and fake it. You just can't. I mean, it is what it yeah. is, right? I mean, we're just living our lives and telling you about it. Sure, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Jamie's Jamie and I am, you know, I am who I am. And, you know, we're just glad you guys all listen. And thank you for probably being the hundredth auditor to adopt a horse from her. Yay, yeah. I really Thanks appreciate that, too. You are you're you did a good thing finding a home for this one. And also, I'm glad it's worked out. Now, are you taking this horse home with you now? Or? Unfortunately, he will not fit in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a truck and a trailer. I'm one of so those we're having crazy a chip. people. Horses, yes. Uh, so I have to wait till Thursday to <laughs> to get him. All right. One final quick question. Yeah. Horse husband approved this or is going in with apprehension? Um. Well, he said. Um, I said I'm buying this horse. I said this is my dream horse. Blah blah blah, et cetera. There was no questions asked, and I. He said. Um, well, you know, when you buy a new horse, it's kind of like buying a house. You got to sell the old house before you <laughs> buy the new house. And I was like, you know, actually, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's so it was a good try on his it. part. <laughs> yeah, he is the, the best guy on the planet. He is wonderful and supportive. And yeah, he's totally okay with it. I just wrote that one down, though, because I'd never used that one before. That's a pretty good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work, but it's pretty good. It's a good no, attempt. No, it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks so much. It's been great talking to you. All right, I'm back. And I just want to say one thing that I do not usually take people through like crazy trail rides and stuff. <laughs> we just happened... Though. 
I wanted to go a different way out so Effie didn't gallop back and forth at the fence screaming and hollering because she's in love with this horse. So we went through the front. And yes, I did not know that my neighbor had um, a collection of all sorts of all the things um, up there. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we walked over a tarp and she didn't even notice the tarp because she was looking at the, I think they're giant lockers. Why would you have that? Anyway, it was so then we went out to the road and the horses were amazing and everything went fine and nobody died and it wasn't that scary i mean for me (laughs) (laughs) it was actually perfect for her because she gained confidence in her new horse exactly and that's where i was going with that i meant to do that yeah i know i know you did yep because you're an excellent trainer apparently according to what jen says you're well, you know, I knew Jen. And by the way, when I'm like, this horse is perfect for you. Actually, she called me and we discussed it. And we had a, a discussion. I know her from because she came here for yeah, two weeks like last yeah. fall. And I knew kind of what her capabilities are and what uh, this horse's limitations would be or capabilities would be. And I thought, yeah, they are a pretty good match. And she chased me down. It wasn't like I chased her around <laughs> trying to get her. I'm not a pusher. I'm a facilitator. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Or thanks to Jen for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks to you guys for listening. And also, uh, auditors, hang on. We'll be doing some equestrian first world problems in the post show. And now- these, are, these are good ones. These are really good ones. We will be having shows this week. Actually, Lisa is joining me on Wednesday when Jamie's flying to Italy. So Lisa will be joining me. And then I know a bunch of you have been missing Mary and Jen together. They're actually going to fill in on Friday's show here on Horses in the Morning. Mary's been busy competing and doing all kinds of stuff, but they're they're recording a show for Friday, so you'll, you'll get to have them. And then next week, I head for Equine Affair, so I'm going to be doing a bunch of shows from over there, and we're doing a meetup and all kinds of stuff. So... I'm very excited to go to Equine Affair and see a bunch of friends. But that's it for today. Jamie, you have a fantastic trip. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you guys in like 10 days or something. I'm so excited. But uh, uh, Let me see. Love you guys Italy, mean. 10 days. That's at least 15 pounds. Oh, gosh, no. Um, let me point out that uh, now that I'm back to pre-baby weight, um, yeah, it's coming back. I told <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to eat... All the things. Well, you should. How many times you go to Italy? You better eat all the things. I'm going to, I'm just like, where we just ate pizza. Yeah, I'm going to eat it again. (laughs) Every pasta and pizza dish in Italy. (laughs) I don't care. I'll take it. And oh, wait, you want another wine? Yep, I sure do. (laughs) Spain, you're guilt.